Welcome back to another episode of the We Speak English Good Podcast. I hope you enjoyed that intro. Uh, It's sort of my homage to the Game of Thrones, the new season, and the new episode, uh, episode three, which is what just aired on Sunday before this uh, podcast dropped. And it was uh, episode three, and I think they call it The Long Night. And it's uh, basically... Okay, so here's the spoilers. Spoiler alert. If you don't want to hear anything about uh, Game of Thrones, then go forward. Just get out of here because I'm about to give away some shit. So go ahead, skip forward to the interview, and that is with Raina Mystique. Um, Just a little setup for the the podcast that you're about to listen to. This podcast is me and Raina on our way to the American Winer podcast which uh, aired last week. So what I'm going to do is this this is going to be sort of an introduction to the American Winer. We record this in the car ride on the way up to Alex's show, which is American Winer, which you can find on uh, podcastdetroit.com. And I think that's what it's called. Anyways, uh, you can find that episode. But what I'm going to do is download it, upload it to my uh, We Speak English Good feed with the permission of Alex and everything, which he gave me the permission. Uh, And we're going to listen to the episode that aired uh, a, a week ago, but we'll put it on the We Speak English feed because I like that. I like this idea. So what we're doing here is basically the road to uh, American Winer. So uh, Game of Thrones, okay? Uh, wow. Uh, how about Arya with, with sticking the landing with the Night King in the Weirwood? It was amazing. Uh, right before Bran's about to get iced by the Night King. Uh, Arya jumps out of the darkness because obviously because Arya can uh, sneak up on people and change her appearances because of the God. What was that? The face God? I don't know. When she was in that land far away with that one guy, where she learned how to like take people's faces and stuff. But <laughs> she came out, stuck him with the Valerian steel right in his craw, right, uh, right in the spot where the children of the forest had stabbed him many years prior. And, and that was the creation of the Night King, of course. So, very awesome episode. So much going on. Dragon fights, zombie dragons, almost killing Jon Snow. But, you know, he makes it in the end. And um, to be honest, I thought that the Game of Thrones, uh, what, what I thought it was going to be about the Night King versus the living. Um, so it threw me off. And I know there was a lot of rumors going on. Uh, what was it? The the um, oh my God, the light of Zora. I think that's what they're calling the prophecy of the light of Zora. And um, uh, you know, there's a lot of speculation going on what was going to happen. 
And one of the ideas that I had that I threw out there on Instagram was, what if the Night King headed into King's Landing to start his attack on Cersei while his generals wiped out Winterfell? In fact, I thought Winterfell was going to fall. I thought Winterfell was not going to make it through this. And they almost didn't. And it was pretty awesome. Uh, great suspenseful scenes. Uh, you know, like, uh, you got to see how, like, this wave of, of, of the zombies, of the dead, of the White Walkers sort of just swallowed uh, the, the, the soldiers and, and the unsullied. And it was, it was amazing. Uh, the... Oh, I loved I loved how they showed the Dothraki uh, with their uh, Melisandre came back and lit all their uh, swords. I guess they're I don't know what the hell they're called, but they're like the little I don't know. Anyways, she lit all their swords on fire. But I loved how they showed on how how massive the army of the dead was when the Dothraki run into the darkness. And they just you just hear the yells and screams of the Dothraki silence out, and you see all the flames going out. And then you see Lord Mormont, Mormont or whatever his fucking name is, come by. And he's, like, running the other way, looking at, <laughs> looking at the other soldiers, like, shaking his head, like, no, we gotta get the fuck out of here. So, if they weren't able to pull that off with the Night King, Winterfell would have definitely ate shit. Also, another theory I, I saw come to fruition was the um, was the crypts. The crypts. Uh, everybody was talking about like why would you hide your most vulnerable people in uh, in a tomb with dead people where the Night King can just raise them up from the dead. So that ended up happening, but it wasn't as bad as it could have been. Uh, it was pretty bad, but like I, I think the rest of Winterfell ate a little bit more shit than those in the tombs. And uh, besides, they were all like bones and stuff. I mean, I, I, how how uh, how uh, strong can like some dusty old bones be? You know, compared to like you know just like flesh and blood. I don't know. Who knows? Anyways, okay, so that that's Game of Thrones. Uh, we should probably move on because. I wasn't planning on really talking about Game of Thrones at all, but I thought that this would be a good opportunity for us to uh, kind of dive in. I don't really have anyone to talk to it about. I've been thinking about reaching out to Ed Bleasy, the singer of Skanks Roots Project, of course, uh, and because he's a massive fan. He's one of my friends that I've been sort of texting about it, uh, about Game of Thrones with back and forth. So maybe I'll reach out and see if he wants to do something over Skype and just sort of discuss the ins and outs and uh, the details of the... Uh, of what to expect and what we've seen. I don't know. Anyway, so moving on, you guys can uh, check out the uh, rainamystique.com, R-E-I-N-A-M-Y-S-T-I-Q-U-E.com. Check out the new album, 1018. I had the honor of penning a few of the songs alongside my beautiful wife, uh, who is on the podcast today. We have a nice little lovely conversation on the way to Detroit. If you missed that from the spoiler alert skipping section, um, <laughs> Uh, Rain is on the podcast today, but uh, I want you to go to her website, rainmystique.com, and, and check out 1018. You can you can stream it on Spotify, uh, Google Play, Title, anywhere you stream your music. You can also get physical copies at any one of our shows or online through the website, uh, rainmystique.com. You can also check out the newly redesigned We Speak English Good.net. 
uh, Raina uh, comes through and sticks the landing on my website because I'm terrible with these things and she's great at them. So go check that out and that, I try to keep that up to date now. I'm trying to. It's hard. There's a lot of things going on. Uh, like I'm trying to maintain this Instagram shit, which you can follow me on Instagram at we speak English good at gmail.com. Oh, no. Sorry. At we speak English good. You can find me on Instagram or you can find me on Facebook at we speak English good. Um, uh, yeah. Anyways, <laughs> you can also email the show at uh, we speak English good at gmail.com. And uh, let us know how you think and how you feel. I wanted to read a an email, excuse me, not a email, an email. I speak English well sometimes. I want to read a, an, uh, an email from a listener. His name is Ritesh Gupta. Gupta? My bad, Ritesh. Um, I, I don't know if I'm saying the name right, but uh, he's a young rapper from uh, South San Francisco south bay what up um he uh he wrote the show and i just wanted to read his email to you guys and uh let you know what we're about to do with this because i thought it was really fun so here we go this is from ritesh hey i know this uh i know this random but i love what you're doing with your podcast would you be down to use some of my music for your shows i'll help promote your shows whenever you feature my music It'll be a dope way for both of us to reach more people. If you're down, I'll send you some of my some of my music so you can check it out. It'd mean a lot. Thanks, at Ardgoop. Um, so uh, I I think uh, he sent me his at Ardgoop. It's R G U P T, uh, and that leads you to his SoundCloud. So if you want to search for him on SoundCloud or Spotify, uh, on Spotify he's under Ritesh Gupta. So what we're gonna do is um, he sent me some songs and I, I listened to a few of them. There's some that I really like, but he has a new single out and I, I dig this song too, but um, I, I, I just wanted to play the new song because it's the new song. Let's promote it. Hell yeah. Look, whether or not, I, I don't know if this is a thing like SoundCloud rappers reaching out to podcasts and random places to get play or whatever, but even if it is, I don't give a shit. I'm flattered <laughs> no matter what. If someone sends me uh, an email saying that they love my podcast, whether they're full of shit or not, I'm taking it. I'm taking it, goddammit, because it's either this or people complaining or 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 somebody trying to learn English from a foreign language. So I, I welcome these emails. Uh, it, it, it just it, it's just nice. So this is what we're gonna do. We're gonna listen to Ritesh Gupta. And uh, we're going to listen to his new single, Faces. Uh, he just released this in April. Well, it's still April. As of right now, it's still April. Uh, so he released this earlier this month. This is Faces. And so let me tell you what we're going to do first. We're going to play a snippet uh, of the song here as a transition into the to actual conversation with my lovely wife, Raina Mystique. And then we'll, at the end of the conversation, we'll play the whole song in its entirety. So here's just a sample of Faces by Ritesh Gupta. And uh, I'll see you guys next week with the American Winer download pa uh, podcast. Um, I'm going to upload the American Winer episode that featured me and my wife, Raina. Uh, we were on uh, Alex's show. He invited us up to Podcast Detroit Studios. It was very nice lovely conversation that we're going to upload next week so uh i'll talk to you guys next week when i introduce that show uh and then so for now 
Uh, here's Faces by Ritesh Gupta, and uh, I'll see you guys next week. Step parents. Well, 
But I don't think, I think family values doesn't have to, well, I guess that's what I'm talking about, though, is those conservative family values. Yeah, because values. people are not running on the, like, the yeah. family value of, like, something that's not. Like, not, inclus- not inclusion family values, it's the, like. But, like, family values is, like, anything. I mean, like, we got married, and you love my nieces and nephews as much as I love your nieces and nephews. It's just, it becomes your family, right? Yeah. And everybody's family looks different. Right. Like, friends become part of your family. Friends become your family. Like, I have definitely have friends who are my family. Right. um, There's that meme that, like, are around that are like, I didn't know that this person I've been calling Tio my whole life is just my dad's friend. (laughs) You know? Like, I feel betrayed or whatever. You see that in a lot of ethnic, especially. Well, even in white families, you'd be like, oh, this is Uncle Dave. Say hi to Uncle Dave. Hey, Uncle Dave. Hey, what's up, Johnny? <laughs> you know? It's a pretty common thing to have, like, an adoptive family that's outside of blood. Well, people are moving away from home. <laughs> yeah. And that's when you get a lot of those, like... I mean, you get, like, those childhood friends. But then also, like, when you move away from home, you have to make new friends. Those people become your support line. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, that's exactly what it was for me going to San Diego. It's like you you move away from your hometown and, like, you know, we had my friends who, we, who I moved out there with who are your friends now yep. because you adopted my family, my friend family, yep. who I consider my family. I, I found that crystal bullet that Paul made and in the dryers it just mystically appeared and I took it as a sign I was like I need to call Paul and make sure he's okay and he's one of the guys I went out to San Diego with so it's like you know like it's this this connection that I still have with him but like when I went out there all we had was each other and we had uh, the guys we moved in with because they were from Ohio too and we didn't really know them that well we knew one guy and the rest we were like okay with but you know, you quickly ad- ad- adopt, and I think that it has to do with just how um, tribalistic we tend to be. It's uh, it's kind of what comes. Uh, they talk about that in that book I'm reading, the um, tribalism, and how like today's society tribalism is really uh, is really rampant. You know, people are picking sides, and you know, they're they're choosing they're choosing to stop talking to family members because of their politics. But like, there's a lesser things than that. Well, what's interesting about it, and this is what he posits, I think Jonathan Haidt, I think his name is, I can't remember the name of the book, but it's his latest book. It's about how, um, uh, what is it called? The Coddling of America's something. But it's Jonathan Haidt. He's an amazing writer. He, he has several other books. But uh, he's positing that, oh my God, what were we just talking about? See, this is what <laughs> Oh my god, really? We were talking about, like, um, now you made me forget. See? This is what I'm talking about. I get, like, super high, and then it just all falls to pieces. That doesn't make any sense, Mike. How does that even make any sense? Marijuana affects your short-term, your short-term memory a lot. It's it's proven fact. Maybe you gotta think before you speak. Right, well, I was going somewhere. Well, the idea was, is that we're very tribalistic and what he's positing is that genetically when we were coming when we were forming as human beings 
and we we found uh, safety in numbers, and that's why we'd find tribes, and we sort of climb, we glom onto it for for safety, for survival purposes. So we sort of, since we don't really have to hunt, and we don't really have to do that, our, we're very safe now. We decided to sort of make our own like tribes that we climb. We still have that mentality that's kind of passed on through genetics and uh, we sort of adopted that in you know politics or any anything we, we glom onto any tribe you know you have cosplay people who find their group you know or we have the furries who <laughs> have their tribes it, it's just funny how where we find our family and where we find our tribes and how we glom onto them I, I, I don't know like we going out to San Diego was was really good for me get away from my family, but I feel like coming back and coming back to my tribe here is almost um, like coming from even someone in recovery from drugs and alcohol, it, it kind of like, it's kind of um, sewing up those like, um, those lost pieces, and those pieces that I kind of, um, that I kind of ran away from, kind of completing the steps of sobriety, you know, coming, coming full circle, and coming back and, and, and trying to, uh, I don't know, make repairs where they need to be made and, and, and be that person that, because in a way, I, I kind of abandoned my family out and, and friends who I know still feel like that I abandoned them. I have very close friends that are just like, man, I, you know, like I turned around and you're bouncing and like, you know, so there was like, there was a lot of abandonment when I left. There was a lot of feelings of that kind of weird coming back to that and sort of reconciling those feelings and, and, and doing that. I don't know. When you were out in Seattle, you sort of went and visited your tribe of, of, of ladies, your lady tribe. Uh, how was your lady tribe? Good. Yeah? Yeah. That's it? That's all you Yeah. They were good. Everybody, everybody's healthy. Well, everybody's making a way. When you were out there, what was your primary focus? Because I, I know you went out there was kind of you set some intentions, but you kind of want, left it open. But you did have some intention. No, my 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 primary goal was to be open. <laughs> right. I don't but know. you also like before you left, you were also. I'm gonna walk. Yeah. Right. You said smoke some weed. <laughs> I'm gonna sleep. Drink a lot of water. I never really seen the Hunger Games and it 
came on on a day when I was resting, so I was I was supposed to watch it, you know. Recovery, man. Yep. Yeah. Just relaxed. Well, here's something that we were gonna talk about, but we were kind of late to the draw. But we're we've been wanting to talk about, but both been having like these insane schedules like what's funny is that we're actually on our way to a podcast currently so that's that that's what makes this even better this is our warm-up podcast because we take this shit seriously bro gotta stretch warm up but we were, we're gonna talk about michael jackson and, and this is so old news, even though the, it came out like maybe a month ago. Yep, and I talked about it with one of my friends while I was on my ladycation, and it's just a touchy subject, you know. Well, it seemed to me that she was not really defining an answer. She it's seemed just to kind of like it's... skim around it, so that leads me to believe that because okay, so like let's just what would you say? And this is because this is only because you're the uh, habit on your Instagram. Do you still have the black ambassador? No, that's on my Twitter. (laughs) That's on my Twitter that I never use. Just the general, just be, you know, just just since you are the black ambassador, what what is the the general opinion? What would you say? Leave leave that man alone. Leave that man. Leave that man alone. Leave that man alone. This uh, I wouldn't I wouldn't send my kid over there like that. My kid doesn't really have sleepovers like that, but <laughs> so he wouldn't have he wouldn't have done it because he wouldn't have spent the night. Well, I'm just it's curious to me because when you go into explaining and expounding on 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 it, there's still like it's still a gray and and sticky icky area. So could you just expand on like? Um, especially when you say, like, even if he did it, he didn't do it. <laughs> Specifically on that. Because, because I feel like, I feel like that's kind of the thing that, that is being skimmed over here. Because he is dead, and because he is loved, and because there was no, you know, like, because there is a lot of fishiness to this new documentary. And we're referring to the new documentary, well, not new even though it came out like a month ago, but Leaving Neverland, um, it didn't make the splash that um, I think the filmmaker thought it was going to make. The filmmakers and maybe the the two victims who were in there making the accusation. I didn't even know what it was called until you just said it right now. Right. So here's the thing. So a big, when you when you look through like the, the comment sections and all that stuff, you already see, I'm not even going to watch it. Yeah. So you're not even going to give it the time of day. I didn't watch it. But you're already going to make an opinion. So that, to me... It's because I've had had my opinion the entire time. Yeah. Okay. So, now, black ambassador aside, (laughs) because the general outcome is leave that man alone. Leave that man alone. It's just like, leave him alone, but... But you were telling me, I, I, I'm just gonna zero this in on you specifically. Go ahead. <laughs> is the, is the, is the, if, even if he did it, he didn't do it. He so didn't can, do it. Can you just expand on that? I'm just. I'm I curious. mean, it's just, it's a really hard thing to explain. But even if he did do it, like, 
He didn't do it. Like. No, you just repeated what I just said back to me. That's not explaining or expounding. <laughs> but that's literally what that means. It's like even if he did do it, he didn't. Like, like Michael Jackson. How much? How much of Michael Jackson was Michael Jackson? You know, he was a martyr for the culture. Even if he did do that, like he didn't do it. It just didn't happen. Okay, so. I, I just want to, just so I can put this in blunt terms, yep, even if he did lick those little boys' assholes. And see, I didn't watch it. Even if he was tossing those little boys' salads. He was uh, only he, doing he what he didn't knew. do it. He was only doing what he knew. He didn't do that. Okay, so even if he did the physical act, you're saying that that because he gave his life to the craft and because that he he, he not was not a full person a whole person because he was never allowed to be a whole person that that since there's that deficiency there that that sort of there's something wrong with him. separates him from the physical act of him licking little boy asshole If he, even if he did do it, he didn't do it. Okay, see, there you go. Okay. <laughs> Alright, I just want to make it clear because I was confused. I just <laughs> want to make sure. Look, and, and like, in my own opinion, whether he did it or not, I still fucking love fucking Michael Jackson's music. I still love Quincy Jones and his production. Well, don't, let's not lump Quincy I'm, and I'm not Michael. trying to, but like, Quincy you know. Did, Quincy had a thing for the ladies. And from what I hear, it was always respectful. That's not love. No, I'm not trying to, but I'm saying that I appreciate Michael Jackson's music, and because, you know, seldom do artists do it all themselves, those massive hits also can be attributed, a lot of it can be attributed to Quincy Jones as well. I'm just giving him credit because of the overall uh, pr product, because in the end, I'm separating Michael Jackson from fucking Thriller, you know, like, uh, from, you know, I'm sorry, Separating the idea of Michael Jackson and the idea of Thriller from the idea of Michael Jackson, the the talent, the salad tosser. You know what I'm saying? So like, let's not let's not do that. <laughs> not well, do that. I'm just telling you. And look, I don't I don't know if those kids are telling the truth. I don't know if those dudes are saying they're not kids anymore. But like, you know, there's a lot of things against them too. Whereas, where it's coming out, where. Well, not coming out. They even address it in the in the movie. They address the fact that you know at the time uh, when they were called to court to testify for or against him, they they testified for him. And even though they had suffered this thing, they were talking about it as if it was a relationship, as if they were in this this romantic relationship, and they were just they were just like ride or die for their boo. Um. You know, I know Oprah was saying it, and like, and it was the first thing that stuck out to me, and even even before I watched Oprah, of like how the message here, and like how they portray it, and how they painted it as a relationship, points to me that there there was something fucked up going on. And now I'm talking specifically whether he did or didn't. And like you know, I, I don't know, but and I already said I don't care whether he did or didn't. I still love Thriller, you know. But he, the way that they describe it, the way that they paint, like you know, like these are romantic. They're 
when they reminisce about these are romantic stories of being swooned and wined and dined and, and you know like he's he's really you know like these boys really fell in love with this man who was this huge idol obviously it's Michael Jackson and at the time that they started you know uh, working with Michael Jackson and the supposed abuse was going on like he was a huge megastar and I mean he was a megastar until he died but like it's just it was like he was already a god to these kids they already looked at him like he is the end all be all the alpha and the omega and you know this was just part like this this salad tossing was just part of the relationship it, the sex and the physical part was just it was part of the romance and so when you have this picture painted like that to me it just screams some kind of foul play because that's kind of how it is because there is this sort of fucked up dichotomy of thinking that humans love to, to latch onto or like you can love your abuser and it happens all the fucking time Oh yeah, we're staying on something. <laughs> we're driving to Detroit for the podcast, so I had to make sure we're still going in the right direction. Um, which I awesomely just lost track of what I was saying. <coughs> I, it just, it's a touchy subject. It's it Michael is a touchy, Jackson. It is a touchy subject. And I'm being biased with anybody else, like... Is there a reason for your bias? Yes, because Michael Jackson was never normal. He was never normal. Like, he was never... Like, when you have, like, an entire planet throwing their energy at you, like, the entire planet is invested in your being, you can't trust nobody. He was getting abused. Yeah. Everything that he ever did in life was, like, meticulously calculated. Every move he made, he probably had bathroom breaks. You know, like, it just, I don't, I don't, I, I just can't, I can't even fathom what that's like. And most people don't do it as long as he did. I mean, he did it for so long, like, Britney Spears, burnt out. Aww. Macaulay Culkin took a, like, went crazy, Aww. took a long-ass break. You know, Lindsay Macaulay Lohan. Macaulay Culkin decided to fucking, like, fuck this, I did my time. <laughs> right, now he's just doing what he wants, but, you know, just... Nobody, nobody makes it. Like nobody does it for that amount of time. Like, what is that pressure like? But like, you never have a thought to yourself. You're never alone. Never alone. Right. Never, ever. You can never. You can never breathe. This is just. It's just hard to believe that all this was going on and wasn't nobody speaking up. Yeah. Well, there were, but. And it looks like there were several people speaking up and I mean there was all those trials you know it doesn't even concern me <laughs> well, and that's rude I mean it wouldn't happen no. to my kids like right but like so again you gotta think about it from this empathetic side of point of view and when you look at the mom and she was like we we're just these poor people in Australia no, no. fucking poor who people got don't... swept up in in in, in the tidal wave. I mean, think about the tidal wave that was Michael Jackson. World 
wide fucking just mega pop star and like you're right he had no moment to himself he had nothing to himself it was all for everyone else can you and, and getting swept up in that fucking that wave i just don't think I, that I there's can a see wave that how to... that could, i can see like it's furthering your son's career he's getting better like Michael Jackson is mentoring your son as a dancer. The thing that your child wants the most in life is being taught to him by the person that he loves most in life, who he looks up to for it most in life. And you're letting your kid just tour and, and be left alone with this mentor man at a young age? No. No, you're right. And but, but you have to, but you have, I mean, like, you have to kind of see it from, like, you have to at least see it a little bit from... Like, you got to take yourself out of who you are and the decisions that you would make as you and, and just see it as, like, maybe someone who didn't have a lot of opportunity in life, which we didn't have that either. We have a wonderful opportunity just by being born in America, but, like, you know, we've been grinding away for a long time working for what we have now. And fucking, you know, like, these people, when they show pictures of their house, it looked like a fucking shack. So, like, you gotta see it. I, I mean, like, just from some angle, you gotta just see a little bit of, of where they're coming from. Just because it's like, well, it, my, it was Michael Jackson. Michael fucking Jackson. People pissed themselves in his presence. You know, like, it, you, you don't want to believe that he's there buggering your kid, but, like, you know, you're just sort of swept up in the money, the glamour. Went from living in a fucking dirt floor shack to a fucking beautiful hotels and people catering to your every whim. It's, I mean, that's a fucking that's a it's a huge change and it's very you know like especially coming from someone who's never had like that in their face. You know, I don't know what that decision would be. I don't know where how I would react in the face of... As what, my baby daddy? <laughs> I can tell you. I'm just saying in general, when when you're presented with money and opportunity and a world opens up to you, you don't know what kind of uh, person that you become. It's sort of like when you're... You don't know who you are until you're put in those positions. Like when you're... When you don't know who you are until fucking the zombie apocalypse hits. Like, what where, What then? Where, who are you then? When the shit goes down, who the fuck are you? And, you know, I, I, it sounds weak, but, like, I, I don't know because I've never had that. And I like to think and I, and I love to believe that I would be like, no, fuck this guy. And, I, and that's how I would feel. But thinking in this... Uh, this outer bubble outside of myself, I don't know how just the average poor person would just react to a, a new life of luxury. You know what I mean? Like, someone who might not be as woke, quote unquote, you know? And this is back in the fucking, what, the 80s? Fucking parents didn't know what the fuck was going on. No one, like, people still trusted their neighbors, you know? They barely stopped spanking people's asses, you know what I mean? Like, at that time in, in history, people were still, like, in that fucking trying to reach for the Donna Reed straws, you know? Like, the fucking, the 50s, like, like, purity was still, like, a thing. There was no internet, there was no communication. 
there's just these people fucking out in fucking Australia in their fucking dirt shack who gets fucking swept up in the fucking whirlwind of Michael Jackson in a time of like poor parent like I mean you think about how our parents like our parents did the best they can I love our parents but like think about how much information think about all the things that you would have done differently <laughs> as a parent and that's and that's kind of a rude thing to say but like think about all the things that were are being done differently compared to how we were brought up they didn't know shit they were just running off the momentum from their fucking family who they're fucking you know, no communication having fucking ape family descendants, you know? Like, they don't, they didn't have the internet, they didn't, they didn't read books about it all the fucking time, you know? It's just, you just have babies and you go. <laughs> and then so, I can see how this can happen. I can see how there's this romance that can develop when you have your, uh, your idol mentoring you. I can see it. I, I mean, just, I, just, I, I can't. And it's just all, it's just all this whole empathetic thinking shit. But I, I can see how it all could tie together. It makes sense. It all just makes sense in, in a, in a really shitty human way, you know? It just makes sense because humans can just be that. Well, there you go. <laughs> I, it's just... You know, I like I. I'm not trying to criticize you for the way that you're seeing it, and like even if the whole even if he did do it, didn't do it. I mean, I you know like that's fine. You can think like that. I mean, but like I, I'm just for me, it's just like I still have to see it for what it is, and still understand, and, and still see where I stand on the other side of it. I just can't fucking. I just can't ignore those details. But. I, I, can I can ignore. I didn't I watch can, it. So. I can. Yeah, I know. I can. Ignore, I can certainly ignore fucking when fucking thriller comes on. You know, like and fucking it, it, like no matter what, wherever you're at, if 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 the scene is fucking. You know who dancing, else didn't do it? Louis C.K. didn't do it. Oh come on, that that's all another thing because Louis even admitted it. He even came out and was like, yes, everything they said is true. He, he owned it, which which is what I think kind of set a lot of people apart because it, at that time when everybody was coming out with their allegations and lives are, and lives are still being, like, careers are still being ruined, which, you know, in some cases, rightfully so. Um, but I think in Louis' case, man, he owned it, and not that that makes it okay. You see, that's the thing, it's like, None of the fact that, like... Well, it's just what he did was, like, a big deal. But it's not... But it is a big deal. I mean, who wants that? I would say that it's more offensive for you to open up your DMs and to have a dick staring at you (laughs) than it is to have somebody jerking off on the other line. Like, you were jerking off on the line the other day, and I didn't even know until you told me. So, like... Who cares? Is that what we're doing? We're just gonna start talking about when I'm jerking off on the phone? No, I just, I mean, like, oh no, I feel so violated that you were touching your own dick. Well, there's a huge dick. difference between a husband and wife and you unwittingly knowing. I mean, you just caught me in the middle of something, and like, I was. I just, I wasn't gonna stop. I mean, 
it was it was a, it was a victimless crime. You're my wife. Unless you were really offended, like, ew, this guy violated me. But like, if you're a producer on a show, or if you're if you're calling Louis because, or you're calling me because you work for me, and all of a sudden you hear, <clears throat> and, and you know this shit, you know, like, it's that, that's totally like, different. You're you not expecting. Are you? Are you fucking wanking it right now? Like, call me back, dude. Well, like, and you hang up. So like, there's other rumors that come out. Also, is that there was like some flirting between the alleged victims and stuff too. I guess there was like. So there's other things that came out that kind of alludes to the fact. Touched? No one was ever touched, but did they. Did they ever feel unsafe? Like he was well, gonna hurt them? No, but they did feel like, um, like. But that's the thing that goes back to. No one should have to go to work fucking getting surprised dicks. You know, like, when you go to work every day, you shouldn't have to be fucking surprised with dicks or vaginas or whatever. I mean, some dudes, I'm sure, would love to be surprised with vaginas when they come into work. Or dicks. You know, it's all good. Um, fucking... But, still, no one should have to be subjected to surprised dicks going to work. It just... And to me, it, it's like, you're already going to work. It's like, you're already being subjected to that. Why fucking do you have to have surprise dicks? <laughs> no one wants surprise dicks. In fact, if someone, if you came home and told me about, like, your boss surprised you with his dick, I would be hugely offended and probably want to go down there and raise all kinds of shit. Mystique. So, I don't know, like... You say that, but like, imagine you going into your office, your boss's office. But he didn't—he didn't go into their office. No, no. But some comedians went to his hotel room, and he said, "I'm gonna jerk off in front of you." Or I think he just started. I think he asked permission, and they said yes. There you go. And then they there you go. They off, said but, yes. But they felt fucking obviously. Oh, it, you it got to be fucking, fucking kidding me! Okay, Wait, okay. that's uh, fucked up. But season, sorry. Was asking permission, and, and she, they were like, "You gross," and they told him no. Well, they were though. She, the girl with Aziz, that girl did fillet him, and then she stopped because she was just like, eh. "Yeah." And then he was, and then so he was like, "Okay, cool." And then he was like, "All right." Um, and it felt just gross sounds like to a her bad day. It just sounds like a bad because day because he was. He sounds like he didn't have no game. No, he just sounds and like a winker. And these girls sound the same way. It's like. I feel like I had no. If my boss was like, "Hey, do you mind if I jerk off?" I'd be like, "Do you mind if I watch?" Like, if you're gonna be gross about it, like I'm gonna be gross about it right back well, at yeah, you. Yeah, and they're comedians, and they, uh, and you know, I don't know. Maybe they just they yeah. That is the dumbest and, and shit Louis, I've ever like. That's heard. the thing. Louis C.K. is like the comedian's gonna be like he he at one time. You know, Louis C.K. was the guy, the comedian of the fucking of the day. So. Back then, he was definitely ranking supreme at, at, in his position there. It's still, like, no one should be subjected to surprise digs. No one should have when to fucking deal with When you're in somebody's them. hotel room after hours... No, no, you're right. No, you're right. And they say, hey, do you mind if I jerk off? And you say yes. They get and, the fuck out of here. And if I'm getting the story wrong, I'm, pro- I'm probably getting the story wrong. But I'm pretty sure that's how it went down. Is they were like, because they thought it was kind of a joke. They were just like, oh my god. And they were laughing about it. I know specifically that I remember them saying reading the article and be like, yeah, we thought it was hilarious. Well, and then we left. 
But like you know, there was another girl where he's on the phone with her, like heavy breathing and jerking it. Yeah. I think I think the show that did a really good job at at showing what kind of position that he might have put these women through is uh, Tig Nataro Najaro. Fuck, I can't. Nataro Tig. Her fucking show was on. It was on uh, Amazon. It was such a good show, and Louis C.K. actually was supposed to be an executive producer, but I guess he was, like, a call-it-in executive producer, and then all this shit hit, so they took his name off of it, but, um, she, uh, they, they, they showed, like, a scene of her boss, the, one of the lady's bosses, they were having a conversation, and all of a sudden, he's all, like, getting all, like, sweaty, and like, yeah, and doing that, and... I don't know if that's how it went down, but, like, when she realized what was happening and she just was frozen there because of the personality of this character, and, you know, this is all fictional characters and all, but this is a real portrayal. Like, some women, that's fucking, that, that's horrible for them. Like, why should they have to deal with that? Like, why but would you, anybody have again, to deal with that? again, that's an office. Yeah, that's but not that, a hotel room. No, but, but he was also in professional settings doing this as well. Boss, he was a boss of some of these women. I mean, are they gonna, are they Look, gonna cry rape to every, like, weirdo well, on the corner that exposes Okay, themselves? so, everybody, well, no one should have to be subjected to that. I mean, uh-huh, but it happens. It does happen, and I do agree that people do need to, like, And let's stop clogging up the system for fucking phone sex. Get the fuck out of here. It's bone sex. Yeah, I... I, It's just... It's a a touchy subject, it is. But, again, I'm going to go ahead and say I still think Louis C.K. is one of the funniest motherfuckers in the world. I can separate this. I can separate... And whatever level of monstrosity you want to see him as, there is a level of fucking... Uh, inappropriateness I, I don't, that, I don't I, think... I, that can't be overlooked. Now, I and think R. Kelly's a monster. R. Kelly's a monster. Well, R. Kelly is a fucking monster. Like, and, and, like, the fact that he's on fucking Instagram or whatever talking about how they won't let me alone. It's like, motherfucker, it's like you've been doing this shit to yourself for years. They won't leave me alone. They won't leave me alone. Like, shut the fuck up. But we're still gonna, we're still gonna step in the name of love, right, baby? I mean, I will. Like, I just nobody's messing with the nobody's messing with the red hot chili peppers guy. No, that's another one, and that's a sore subject for a lot of people. And I think that's why that one guy from that one band hates me. (laughs) But whatever, it's not my fault that Andy Kiedis was out there fucking like sixteen-year-old models when he was like in his thirties. Like, he, he wrote about it. He didn't get fucking attacked. Because I, I, why, I don't know. I mean, it, 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 it's just so weird how, how, how fucking, how, how indiscriminate it is, you know? Like, it just, there's no, it's like, even if, there's no, like, backstory, like, we don't care what you have to say, it's just like, you're guilty now, you're done. It's, uh, yeah, it's just indiscriminately, like, a, getting people you know some people deserve it like R. Kelly fucking deserves to go to prison probably
people deserve to lose their entire career because, well, can't be fucking peeing on little girls. I, I had a point that I wanted to make, and man, it, allude, it eluded me twice. I know, it, that's what sucks about weed, like eating weed for me, it's like, how am I gonna fucking, how am I gonna function as somebody who talks and who carries on ideas and, and like tries to expound on ideas? Get yourself a notebook. Is that what it's gonna be? Is it, am I gonna be just sitting there writing notes as I talk to people now? Right. Just so I can maintain my level of highness? <laughs> Until you get a crew of people that are like cards. I need to be high. So high that I'm just gonna rearrange the way that I function so I can stay high. If it makes you a more organized person, I say no harm, no foul. No, that's the thing. I need I really need to work on my time management. I brought this up in therapy the other day as I was like berate barraging my poor therapist. I, I walk in and like just unload on this poor woman. Which it's her job. But I know my energy is excessive at times and can just be a little much. I mean you know that. Right? Yeah. As my wife you know how, how my energy can kind of spiral out and how quickly it can go. But she, yeah, she, she had to endure a whole, a whole thing, a whole 20-minute diatribe of my, of my drive to her office. It's like, first the fucking train, no, it was, first it was the fucking school buses, because I had to get our son, go across town, drop him off with his grandmother, and then, luckily, my therapist is close to my mom's place so I can just go straight there but the whole trip was just just loaded with peril and oh my god like it was like this stupid fucking bus and then it was the stupid fucking train and then it was like what was it it was like uh, another thing was blocked off like another road was blocked I'm trying to get over the, the bridge. I get over the bridge. And then, like, another thing. Like, I'm behind some guy who's just not going anywhere fast. And My only question is, how many times did you hit the steering wheel? I didn't hit the steering wheel at all. In fact, the entire time, I'm breathing and practicing techniques that me and my therapist talk about all the time. For instance, I was telling myself on repeat, she's not going to care if I'm late. In fact, it probably will give her a chance to breathe because shit, she is really busy. Uh, and also I was breathing, I was meditating, and poor Bishop, he, he, he interrupted me trying to focus on not being angry, so I was just like, Bishop, I can't deal with this. And then I apologized. And then I told him that I was like, Daddy's very angry, and it's because he's late, and he's not sure 
why, and I just couldn't talk myself off the ledge, but like me and Bishop talking was like a really good diversion because we talked it out a bit, uh, and then he left me alone, and then, and then I was just sitting there internally freaking out, and it was crazy because it was like, I instantly went back to the whole, fuck, I gotta get the fuck out of the east side because the fucking east side and these fucking trains and I'm stuck in this fucking city. I never should have moved back here. <laughs> it's like I so quickly devolved back into like two years ago. It, it just, there's just so much that goes into maintaining. And it's not that, and, and like, you know, I know there's a part of me that's not over leaving my life in California because I, I desperately miss California. I love California. But I also love how fucking much I'm able to create here and how and how um, how receptive people are here to it. And um, it's just been really great. I mean, just, I mean, you can agree, right? Like, Raina's been fucking acting. Yep. <laughs> yep. And and she's killing it. It's like it's been really awesome. It's been like there's been so much growth. I feel like me and my wife are better as a couple now. Like we're stronger. So like it's just interesting how fast and how quickly I, I evolved and I haven't had that kind of anger, that kind of outburst like that in like a really long time. Like I had one, I feel like we, I had a little bit one, but I, I have like little ones, but not ones where I get stuck in the loop. Like I haven't gotten stuck in a loop in a long time. And I was realizing like how much like, once you start like CBT, cognitive behavioral therapy, I think that's what I'm doing. Um, you kind of like develop I, I don't know like when you miss sessions like you can feel it like I can feel it I can feel how cluttered and how like even though I was practicing these things like these these, these tools that usually get me out of these jams I was just stuck and I was stuck until 20 minutes after I unloaded all of that onto that poor woman <laughs> and uh, and you know after that I mean I was still at the end of the session I was still vibrating I was like I'm still like fucking just resonating you know like I'm still it's just like I feel like aftershocks and stuff still but it was just it was crazy it was crazy like I and to think that that's how I operated for a very long time especially after 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 I quit drinking like I operated like that for a really long time just not even knowing especially me and you after the baby you know because as soon as I quit drinking we had a baby and so it was like me going through this transition of of, of, of alcoholic to you know not sober but like you know, absence from drugs, hard drugs and alcohol, I was still smoking weed, and, but, I mean, and then I quit smoking weed too, but like, just operating on that kind of anger, and plus, at and this, you quit carbs, and quit carbs for a little bit there, for a while, actually, mm -hmm. but, but at the same time, my wife is going through, 
know, the hardest emotional time of her life as well is postpartum depression. And, like, we both were going through these crazy transitions. I don't know, like, what what was it like for you? When, like, when you think about how your, what your mentality was then? I was on, in survival mode. I don't think that I was, like, fully functioning. And I think I was just kind of doing. <laughs> yeah, you're just, you're just acting. You're just going in this motion. You're not really... And I think that was that was a huge part about coming back to Toledo is that it gave us that that breath that we needed, desperately needed. Shit, we desperately needed. What does that say? Fifty one C. Are you going bra? Are you doing this braless? I have to. That's tight. Raina just yeah. Raina just took off her bra. We're about to do this podcast braless. I'll take off my bra too. Stop. Well, she, <laughs> what were we just talking about? You were talking about breathing. Breathing? Mm-hmm. What do you mean breathing? Oh, taking a chance. When we moved back to Toledo, it gave us a chance to really work some shit out that I think that we didn't really have a chance to because we were in constant motion, hustling and bustling, trying to make rent. So the fact that we came here and was able to take a breath to look at our life, analyze some shit, go through the shit we needed to go through, and, and, like, it just sort of, I think we both kind of, like, I don't know, I think we both were just sort of humbled a bit, I don't know, personally, I can't speak for you, I, I feel like, personally, that you, you've come out a little more humble and a little bit more open to talk about, um, just what you're going through, even, or, or even, even, like, you know, I, I don't know. What, what do you think? Um. Yeah, I value I value com- like open, honest conversation more than ever. Not just with you, but with friends, family. Yeah. I just really value it. It's really important. Which, which is something that you've always valued, but like I just feel like. Nah. Like, I mean, I valued it, but more like you can tell me your problems, but I'm not talking right. to you. Right. Well, I, I know that's. That was like you've always been very closed off, but you know, at least with me, you were open. But like, even with me, like we both became very kind of like closed off to each other for a little while there. Just it was, I don't know. Toledo is just a very healing thing for us, and um, I think as I was trying to say at the beginning, how we uh, we came back here, and it was kind of like a step, you know, an AA step, and, you know, going back and making your reparations, and, and sort of coming around full circle, and sort of mending these old wounds, and even if it's not like, I think you went the wrong way. Did I? Oh, fudge, no, damn, Mike Lawford talking. Instead of doing, okay. you only added two minutes. It's not a big deal. All right. All right. Well, yeah, I don't know what I was even talking about anymore. Maybe we should end it. Okay. What do you think? It's fine. We 
just started talking about the couples thing. We were just talking about how we should do like um, couples cast. Couples cast, just because it's so. Uh, I don't know, because, like, as we're getting older and we're seeing how people are ending up and seeing how our friends are sort of dealing with their problems and, and realizing that everybody has problems as well. It's a, um... Yeah, it's just been, it's just been a really healing process just being back here in the Midwest. Of all places. Of all the places in the world, I thought... I never, I never really thought you that this was possible. You get those forced downtimes. You get those winter moments. Well, yeah, and, and that's how I was telling people for a long time, but now I kind of changed how I say it. But I was like, you know, it's sort of like being in prison. Oh, God. <laughs> and you get a lot of reading done in prison. <laughs> so, you know, it's, it's, it, it's like that, but it's more like, I don't know, it's more like... More like hibernation. Is, and it was more of a more of a, something that we needed to do to sort of I don't know, man, because like yeah, like it was not happening, and it's like San Diego was. I feel like San Diego was a awesome place to fucking really become like who I am. But like now that I'm away from it, it's okay to me now that that's not you know who I'm gonna be. But it also made me realize it's like, just, like, you're not where you're at. You're not, I'm not Toledo, Ohio. I'm not San Diego either. I'm not Jasper, Michigan. It's like, I, I get to be whoever I want to fucking be. And I can do it from anywhere. And thank God for the internet so we can fucking sit here and smash it from, from, from our dirty ass house. Which, I'm going to tell you right now. Not that dirty. I cleaned the <laughs> shit out of it. Ran and went to Seattle. Bishop and Daddy stayed home and did some cleaning. So, yeah. Man, we're still like 18 minutes away. 6:55. All right. As long as we don't hit traffic, we're gonna be okay. So we're about to go hit up the American Winer podcast. And. Um, talk to your boy is Andrew right Alex Alex Jesus Christ I'm sorry Alex Alex has been on the show before which makes it so much more worse why did I say Andrew man sometimes well we're gonna see how it went I mean I'm gonna probably need your help to stay on topic right now so not only do you have to remember what you're saying and the points you're trying to make but you also gotta remember my point Sounds so fun. <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry that I'm sorry that you have to pull my slack again. Uh, any any last words? Drink any, a lot of water. Drink a lot of water. Have you been drinking water? Yeah. That was Raina's uh, New Year's resolution was to drink more water. Like, which is like relative because I already drink way more water than like most people <laughs> but just I want to up my own game it, the problem is with me drinking more water is that it'll just make me pee more because I drink so much water already that, and I pee constantly and then when I when, when we have to make time and I have to um, 
and I'm drinking like caffeine and, and taking vitamins and, and just trying to stay awake driving all through the night eventually just turns into like every five minutes I have to pee I remember on the way home from California last September getting the rest of our shit out of the storage <laughs> from Chicago to Toledo I just had a gown jug that I just was filling up with piss because like so every time I would I mean like I was slamming monsters drinking water and like it was just like it would just go right through me right through me right through me and I just had like heathen but I'm trying but I also had to get back in time to make my gig out at fucking the, the idiot so you know bro uh, so cool up by coastal no that's not true oh my god and safe travels to my brethren <laughs> from rough tuggy rough tuggy sends his love um if you guys are out in the in hawaii right now honolulu check out your boys skanks roots project which though by the time this comes out that's gonna be long over no i could actually drop this on friday minutes slow down in five miles no traffic we got things i'm sweaty i'm clammy Ew. are you clammy not at all honey. i feel like i've been working i'm like i'm like seriously sweating no i'm actually really dry but not in like a parched way like i'm hydrated my skin's hydrated but all right guys well be good to your fellow human beings do you want to say you want to say the last one no i'm not saying that HJ's for everybody. <laughs> Bye. Yeah, 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 Your 12 different faces. What do you mean? You remind me of a sucker, Miss Little Satan. You remind me of someone to stay away from. Passive, aggressive. You like a catfish. I gotta spam your message. Start acting up, then you start packing up. Personality cause a casualty, thinking that I had enough. You don't even know yourself. The counselor, they tried, but they said they can't help. You a psycho. You should go your own way. You know you got your own pain. You know you never gonna change. You gonna face me, but with what face? Changing. Most women got 12 different faces. Faces. Like the moon, you be going through phases. Changing. Most women got 12 different faces. Faces.
with today wanna meet me halfway yeah are you gonna get mad are you gonna stay huh? like a moon most nights you be rising up yeah some days you be changing you be changing up got a different face i don't recognize like the old happy when we go kind of cost while good kid once said buy her everything everything with the dollar bill stay in your lane hey You'll be getting mad at me. Why? I make you happy, but you never wanna see. No. Dressing over something that don't even matter. I'll be doing you good. You misunderstood. Woo. Changing on me. You be changing on me. Psycho. 12 different moods. You be changing on me. Psycho. What's wrong? It's the same old song. Yeah. Treat her right. Doing nothing wrong. Nothing wrong. This is for the bay. Everybody know what popping. They were forward to the bay. We connected by the lake. I really wanna know. I really wanna know. Yeah. Why you so mad? Changing up real slow. Changing, more swing, got 12 different faces, baby.